Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's go back to the book of Titus. Now, last week, if you did not classify yourself as an aged man or, or I just want to make sure I get the right adjective here so I don't get in trouble. Aged women, there we go. If you don't classify yourself as one of those, then this week is for you. And uh, someone says, well, how can I tell the difference of, of when I make that crossing from a young woman to an aged woman or a young man to an aged man? Well, I'll tell you, it's very simple. Look at the instructions that are there. And they will apply to you at different parts of your life. It's, it's just that simple. And um, the aged men are supposed to be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. That is, and in patience, not impatience, all right? You can't be sound in impatience. I am, that means no patience. Uh, so be careful there. The aged women, likewise, you get the first list, and we're going to add to it. That they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed, Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you. Now, uh, before we get into the actual uh, words of the text, I want us to put this in the context, and that is, Paul is writing to Titus, he has been sent to the island of Crete to put things in order in the church, and to make sure that sound doctrine is taught. Now, everything that goes on in the life of the young man and the young woman in the church is supposed to be ordered in such a way that pushes them and shapes them and molds them into the list of the things that classify the aged men and aged women. So, if you're not sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, charity and patience, let's hope you're young enough to still qualify as a young man so you can build those things in your life. Amen? Uh, ladies... If this isn't what is in your uh, life, behavior that becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. You know, I've uh, found this to be true. The world is full of teachers. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, just give me a moment to rant here just a I, I, I hate blogs and this Twitter and Tweeter and Twitter and all this flitter and flutter and what, all this stuff. I really don't care what restaurant you've been in and uh, what you ate for dinner 
And what you think about what the president is doing, he didn't call up and ask what you thought. He doesn't care. Neither do I. Um, we, we have all this stuff and opinions and, and everybody has something to say about everything. And, and I've always said, beware of the man who has something to say about everything. Uh, one of my favorite things is, I don't know. Uh, and that's honest. Uh, and that's where we need to keep it sometimes. But it says that the older or aged women are to teach the young women. Now, here's the things that they're supposed to teach. And by the way, you cannot teach these things without living them. The first thing on the list is to be sober. That does not mean not drunk. Uh, the idea of sober means to have a clear and real mind, a, a, con, a grasp of reality. We, we live in a world uh, of virtual reality where you can make your own reality. I, I was just flipping through the stations, picking up this, and one guy was on there. Uh, I think it was... Um, Yes, it was Rush Limbaugh, and uh, he was talking about how that 20 years ago, about 30 to 40 percent of the population believed themselves to be not beautiful or ugly. He said, now that's dropped to less than 13 percent. And he said, people aren't looking any better. They're just thinking they are. You see, that's not being sober. When you look in the mirror and see something that isn't there, that's not being sober. It's not having a good grasp on reality. And by the way, ladies, men are worse at it than ladies are. They really are. Um, that old suit that used to fit, it still fits in the mirror. No. Not if you're sober-minded. But do we not live in a world where people have unrealistic, fantasical expectations of life? And I'm not talking about, okay, you've got to realize 90% of people fail at life. You're not in the 10%, so fail. Get ready. Get used to it. That is not the outlook of the Scriptures. Amen? It is not this pessimistic, uh, loser-type outlook. It, it is an understanding of what life is about, what is important, and what is not important. That's got to be taught. Because the world is very busy about unteaching sober-mindedness, especially especially to our young ladies. You're supposed to get all the life you can get. And of course, life equals immorality today. Wrong. That's not life. That's pain. That's suffering. And worse. Um, you know, one of the problems we challenge teenagers, please keep your lives pure. Because... If you do not, when you finally meet Mr. Wright, 
or miss right. They'll be looking the other direction. And they will not look to good to you when you've been looking in the garbage bins of the world. You've got to understand what good looks like. The Bible defines it. It's in the soul. This is what being sober is all about. You cannot, nor will you ever, experience Hollywood love in your life. I'm sorry, if I burst somebody's bubble, we're moving towards soberness here. It only exists in the minds of the screenwriters and on the film or media in which it's recorded. If you have any questions, uh, please don't do this often, but just pick up some of the headlines as you're walking through the checkout. What is it now? Uh, Brad cheats on Jen. Jen cheats on Brad. Jen gets her revenge on Jolie or something. I mean, come on. Do you really care? If you do, there's an altar here where you can get right with God. Amen? Be sober-minded. You will never look like the pictures on the magazine covers because you cannot carry a computer screen around with your photoshopped picture. That's how they get them, by the way. And yet we have people striving for the world. Let's strive to please God. That's what this is talking about. You can find fulfillment, ladies, without a career, without all of these things. It says, to be sober, to love their husbands, how many TV shows do we have where women love somebody else's husband? It's easy to love somebody else when you don't have to live with them all the time. When you're stuck in the same house, it's a little more difficult. But you have to learn that. It doesn't happen naturally. This idea of Cinderella and her fairy, fairy godmother shows up and the prince and they live happily ever after is a fairy tale. You want to live happily ever after? Ladies, learn to love your husbands. Be taught. And if you don't have one, don't love one. Amen? It says to love their children. We live in a world where parents don't love their children. They give them toys. They give them money. They give... Uh, I just saw something as I was parking the van from taking Mrs. Jett to the airport. This woman gets out of the car and I see behind her a tween, I think. That's what they call people that aren't quite teenagers yet. See, I'm keeping up on all these new terms. I'm, I'm not that unhip, right? And I hear part of the conversation, because I don't want to hear any of it. 
was like, what are you carrying? The mother turns around, I'm carrying this. Don't you question me. And I walk past and I see the look in that little girl's face. She's flipping open her cell phone and punching in a bunch of numbers. And I wouldn't want to read that text. And let me tell you. But it, you have to learn to love. That's what makes a good marriage. Is you're in school for the rest of your life. It says... Here's the list. Now, verse 5, this is tough, to be discreet. That word is not used in the English language today. There used to be barriers. There used to be things that were in effect that just did not happen. You know, when a young man would take a, la a young lady out on a date, the idea of discretion was very important. Often, there would be a chaperone that went along. Why? To protect the character of the young lady. My father-in-law sent one out on every day. My wife and I were never alone until after we said, I do. That's discretion. He said, you mean he didn't trust you? He trusted me enough to marry his daughter. But he was going to make sure that things were taken care of discreetly so that there was no question. It used to be you never followed a woman into a room by yourself. And no honest woman would allow that to happen to her. It's called discretion. It's being careful. It's making sure that there is no question We need that today. By the way, you can't get to the next one until you take care of the first one. Chaste. That means purity. You can't be pure until you're discreet. Keepers at home. You know what? It's okay to be satisfied with a stay-at-home job. Now, we understand there are circumstances Things come in and, and sometimes we have to have ladies out in the workforce. But we have far too many people out in the workforce that don't need to be there. We have destroyed an entire generation, actually two going on three generations. They call them latchkey kids. They come home. The most dangerous time for your young person is from the time school's out till mom and dad get home. There is more immorality that goes on during that time than any other time of the day or night. There is more introduction to drugs 
and illicit immoral behavior than any other time of the day. I'll tell you what, that stuff just never went on because mom was at home. You weren't going to do anything while mom was at home. Right? This next one. Good. Does that, do we need to spend much time on being good, ladies? This is the, what the younger women are supposed to be taught. By the way, they will not be taught this by the aged women unless the aged women have lived this. You can't teach someone to be good if you're not good. You cannot teach discretion if you have none. You cannot stand there and say, well, I lost my purity, but I'm going to teach you how to be pure. This is, this is our missing link with our young people today. And by the way, if you're in that position, you do your best to teach it anyway. But what we need is we need a generation of godly women to grow up so that they can teach the next generation. That's how we're going to get back what we need in our lives. It says, obedient to their own husbands. Now look at this next one. That the word of God be not blasphemed. Now, I've never had this happen in my house, but I know it happens. The wife takes the Bible and says, you're wrong. You're just wrong. I got a Bible here that tells me. Hey, let me tell you what you've just done is blasphemed the word of God. That's what it's talking about. When you use God's word as a platform for your behavior that does not, cannot be classified by any of the above, you have blasphemed the word of God. How many husbands have gone to hell over the years because they weren't going to put up with the nagging and the behavior that was so contrary to the Bible, yet it got carried out front. We call it hypocrisy. Don't never, ever use the Bible as an excuse to disobey God's Word. I don't know how that works, but that's what happens. We were li this book was written to the Cretans, and there was an issue, and it would just come up and has come up from the Garden of Eden till the present. I remember when I was a young person, we have anybody here old enough or willing to admit that they remember ERA? The Equal Rights Amendment? Does anybody remember that thing? And Oh my, they were going to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. Here's what it said, the entire amendment. Women shall have all the same rights as men. Now, let me ask you a question. Are there inequities in the way men and women are treated in society? You better believe there are. 
We're not trying to deny reality here. But do you know what the crafters of that bill were trying to do? They were trying to make only one bathroom in public places for everybody. They were trying to do all kinds of wicked and perverse stuff. And it failed because a constitutional amendment only has so many months to be approved. But there were a group of wives of senators and congressmen who refused to wash dishes, wash clothes, cook for their husbands until they passed a special law that allowed an extra nine months for that bill to be approved. And it still failed. Yes. Listen, there's no, there is no such thing as fairness. Never has been, never will be. Ladies, Either the ladies will be in control of society or the men will be in control of society. You're never going to have equality and fairness. You will have justice when Jesus reigns. But nothing short of that is going to improve the battle that has gone on and as the scale tilts from one direction to the other, Read in the book of Jeremiah, I think we're there as he, in the United States. It's, he was pronouncing a judgment against Israel. And he said, women and children shall be their leaders. Well, we got Nancy Pelosi. And uh, I think the other two qualify as petulant children. Uh, do we not have women and children as leaders today. Look what is going on here. It says here, these things need to be done so that the word of God will not be blasphemed. There is an order to society and no matter who tries to re-engineer it and who tries to say that this is uh, uh, not right, this book has ordered society better than it can be done any other way. The Jewish people, when they founded their state, they had the kibbutzes where they would take all the children and put them in from the time they were nursery age so their parents could be out doing their jobs and and adding to the economy, and they had special nurses and teachers to take care of these children, and everybody worked. They don't do that anymore for some strange reason. You know why? Because nobody can raise children better than their own parents. Be satisfied where God puts you. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. Do you know why young men need to be sober-minded? The only difference between men and boys is the size of their toys, right? Anybody ever seen that bumper sticker? It's around. That's why men need to be exhorted 
to be sober-minded. Otherwise, they just are big boys that never get serious about anything. Life is a serious endeavor, my friend. You've got to be sober-minded. You've got to stop playing with toys. I've met guys saying, well, i got to have my night out with the guys to play basketball. You know, I didn't get married so I could spend the night away from home playing basketball with the guys. I got married so I could spend time at home. I got married so I could do the work that needs to be done. Sober-minded. Now look at this. In all things, showing thyself as a pattern, showing thyself a pattern of good works. Now how do we define that? It says, in all things, in every area of your life, you need to be a pattern You need to be an example someone can follow of what is good works. This is what your life is about. We live in a world that is full of me time. Tell you what, you need a whole lot less me time and a lot more devotion time in your Bible. You need a whole lot less me time and some other time to lend a hand and help other people struggle through. That's what being sober-minded is all about. That's what showing thyself a pattern of good works. Take the opportunities that God has put you in and do good works. That's why I ask you to pray for me at the, at the board when I worked on Tuesday as a coordinator for the Board of Elections. I knew that people would find out who I was. I was in charge of the whole poll site this time instead of just one of the people sitting at the table. And you know what? Before the end of the night, almost everyone at that poll site was saying, thank you for working with us. Because they changed the entire election procedure this time. Everything was brand new. I mean, I was on the phone. What do we do with this? On the phone, what do we, uh, we're short this. And I mean, it was just all day long. But let me tell you, that it, use the opportunities that God gives you to just do good. That's why he said, ladies, you got to be good. I, if you're a woman at home, you ought to be a good cook. You know what, things will be better. Just promise you that. Be a good housekeeper. It'll just be better. It really would. Listen. It said about Jesus that he went about doing good. Amen. It says, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. Doctrine has been relegated to the area of the unimportant in most lives today. Let me tell you, there is nothing more important in your life than doctrine. There's nothing more important in your life than what you believe this Bible teaches. And the teaching is not going to come from the ladies, gentlemen. God ordained men to be preachers. And we are supposed to 
be that example. You have to grow in doctrine. If you knew everything the Bible said today and you're just a new Christian, it might just scare you to death. But you grow in doctrine. Just grab a hold of what the Bible says wherever you are and be obedient to it. You know what? You'll never learn doctrine if you don't spend time in this book. Are you keeping up with your daily Bible reading schedule? If you're not, you say, Pastor, I don't have one. We'll give you one. We just found the box. And we're going to start giving them out because we've only got another three months to use them for this year. If you need one, get one. Sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness. Someone ought to be able to read the Bible and read your life and find out that they equal. Too many times it's, well, I believe what the Bible says, but I think you're being a little extreme. I've heard that one so many times. Am I being extreme when I just repeat what the Bible says? No, I'm being biblical. But if I use the world as a yardstick, well, then I'm being extreme. But since when does the world get to measure what is true and what is not? The Bible is the measurement. Uncorruptness means that I am not willing to adulterate or mix error with truth. When something is corrupted, it is spoiled. How many of you have ever had to deal with a corrupted hard drive? I want to tell you, all the information that you need is on that hard drive, isn't it, guys? The, who's my computer techies here? Yeah. See, all that information is still on the hard drive. It's just all mixed up. And you can't get it off. And you will never get it off unless you want to pay somebody $100 an hour to sit there and look at each line of code on that hard drive and try to put something back and try to guess what was on there at one time. This is what happens in people's lives when they start mixing in just a little error with what the Bible says. It gets corrupted. Just a little bit of bacteria can spoil an awful lot of good food. It's corrupted. It used to be in the old days you had to worry about botulism. Now you will get it injected, and it takes your wrinkles away. If you dipped a spoon in a jar of spoiled corn and licked the juice off that corn, you could die of botulism poisoning. That's how serious it is. They're not putting that stuff in me, no matter how many wrinkles I get, I welcome them. I'm not taking poison, amen? Uncorruptness. Why can't we just do what the Bible says? Because we're wicked sinners. That's why. So let's fix it. Confess our sin, go to the Savior, and do it His way. It says gravity. Have you ever met anybody that 
is, has no gravity in their life. You say, what do you mean? Well, they're just swinging with the pendulum from one extreme to the next. What was that? Oh, I can't even remember the commercial, the brand or product that they were advertising. Maybe it's Dunkin' Donuts. I think it was. They pull up. You order. No, you order. And the guy finally says, okay, I'll, I'll order. Uh, 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 uh. And, and, you know, he couldn't decide what product he had and, and uh, all of this. I'll tell you what, there's a lot more truth in that than I wish there were. Having some gravity means that you're held down, that you know where you stand, that you know what's going on around you, that while everybody is flying off the handle and going berserk, you're still standing on your two feet. You know what? Most women, when they're put in a crisis, panic. God just made them that way. And we have too many men who just act like women. You got to have some gravity. You got to be attached. And by the way, if you allow your doctrine to be corrupted, you cannot have gravity. Because you're holding on to the thoughts and imprints of man, not of God. It says, Showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. This is the life of the young Christian man to develop these things. We live in a world where everybody has their own agenda. Everybody's lying. Everybody's trying to get something accomplished under the radar here. And the next is sound speech that cannot be condemned. Do we have a politician running that has given sound speech that cannot be condemned? And I leave it open there because I don't, I don't know of a politician that is running. Somebody said, Newt Gingrich. No, that guy was dismissed as Speaker of the House because of ethics problems, my friend. Listen, sound speech. My dad used to put it this way. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Right? It used to be that you would meet the banker and you'd say, I need X amount of dollars to, uh, to buy the seed and, do the, and in the harvest I'm going to pay you back X amount of dollars with interest and all of this and you shook hands and walked out with the cash. Don't try that today. It's called bank robbery. You go to prison for a long time. You have to sign hundreds of pages of paper. How many of you have ever read the credit card statement that comes along with that little piece of plastic? If they printed it in normal size type, it'd be 50 pages long. Why can't we deal with sound speech? Is because we have too many dishonest people today. Sound speech which cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, 
having no evil thing to say of you. You know what? I've, I've had some people say about our church and, and about me as a pastor, you, you put too much emphasis on the Bible. I said, can't do that. That's not possible. Well, what do you think about other great men? I don't believe in other great men. I don't believe in any great men except one. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. The rest of them are all sinners. Amen? We get a big amen from all the ladies on that, right? No. The simple truth of the matter is, if anyone has anything to say about anything that agrees with the Bible, they might be right about that. Amen? But it was here first. So why do I need them? I need this. Amen? And when the world condemns you, they'll have nothing to say except you're a religious fanatic. You just believe the Bible too much. Guilty. Amen? I'll be willing to be guilty of that any day. But this is all part of sound speech. You see, we live in a world where people twist your words, where people will make you say things that you never intended to say. Remember, the I think it was Mayor Bloomberg's first election, somebody asked him if he had ever smoked marijuana. He said, well, I smoked once, and yes, I did inhale, and I think I enjoyed it, but I never did it again because I realized how foolish and, 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 and rotten it is. Next week, bumper sticker. I smoked, I inhaled, I enjoyed. Mike Bloomberg. Put out by the Marijuana Reform Party. There's no such thing as a Marijuana Reform Party. The Marijuana Deformed Party, maybe. But uh, why? Because we live in a world where everything you say is going to be used against you. Give them God's word. Sound speech. Because what we want, not everybody's going to be saved, my friend. But what we want is those that refuse to be saved to understand why. Do we get it? Now, this is the behavior that ought to be in the church. How many would look at this list of things and say, I qualify? I don't see any hands going up. We got to get to work on this. This is what Paul told Titus needs to be in the lives of Aged men, aged women, young women, young men. Each one has a different set of responsibilities. Each one working together will build what we used to have. 
and what we desperately need in our society today. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you to work in our hearts and lives. We ask you to uh, convict us where we fall short. Lord, that we may actually live the things that are written in this book called the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. And before